0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Chromatic Distortion with Corey Caesar.
1: America is once again at ideological war. After decades of post-war consensus, the great debate between capitalism and socialism has captured the public square. And no two men have more fervently fought this battle than socialist philosopher Karl Marx and classical liberal economist Ludwig von Mises. Marx versus Mises. Mises versus Marx. The March of History continues.
2: Talk mark's nice to meet you. My name's Ludwig. Call me teacher, the master of markets, the Austrian boss. You don't like profits? Well, let's talk loss. What's the problem with your plan is nobody wins except Stalin, Pol Pot, Ho Chi Minh, Lenin, Mugabe. Remember Berlin? They built a wall to keep their people in. Your theories have a rotten foundation, built on
0: control, not cooperation. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Chromatic Distortion. <laughs> I'm your host, that Corona free, STD free, diseased free, Corey Caesar. It's a beautiful Friday night. I'm recording from uh my living room because we're all quarantined in this corona twenty twenty life. It sucks, man. But uh I guess this is what we're uh this is what we're doing these days. Um this is like the third episode. I've, I've done three episodes already dropped. So go back and listen. This is the fourth, I think, in like the last week, pretty much. Um, seems like the listeners are starting to creep back in. So I really do appreciate that. Hope everyone's staying safe out there. Um, I don't know, Hope you're not. I mean, if you're wearing a mask, kudos. Don't be wearing gloves, you fucking morons. Touching everything with your fucking corona fingered. Just wash your hands. It's fucking simple. Um, and just quit worrying about everybody else. Don't worry about yourself. Um, but I have a, I have a bunch of great content lined up Been working on a lot of stuff for you guys. It's really going to rely, it's really going to rely on my, uh, on my personal motivation and how quick I get these out to you guys. I'm a procrastinator by nature. Um, and although I kind of do, I kind of do chalk it up more to the fact that I'm probably somewhat on the autism spectrum, um, probably on the very low end. So I kind of get completely lost and like down these rabbit holes on topics. Um, and I can get, I can get like real interested, um, on something and I could spend like 10 hours straight, just cramming information, completely oblivious to like anything else that's going on. And I'm also kind of ADD in the same aspect. So I can, uh, <laughs> so I can kind of, which is kind of weird because I can be down that rabbit hole. And, um, then that sends me down a completely different rabbit hole and it can be a pretty vicious cycle. Um. Just for for reference, I think I put together like four different episodes before this one. I'm actually going to put out today, um, and, and I've gotten about halfway through all those before getting sidetracked on a different topic, which then would start a different podcast. And then I get halfway through that, I'm like, oh, that'd be a cool topic, and I start another one. And that's just the um, just the nature of that's just the nature of the beast that I deal with. Um, and, and also, I'm just having a I'm I'm having a really hard time deciding how I want to present this theory and principle um, to you guys. Um or or even like where to start? you know, do I start with like the private property rights, the individual rights um and and they are in fact property rights because you own yourself in the most complete sense, and how everything else is actually comes from that. So it's pretty much derived from that principle and um the non-aggression the non-aggression principle, um which is also the foundation of these rights um and, and I want to talk about the economics. And how they relate to the same property rights. So it all basically, you know, it all revolves around that. Um, now, mo- modern libertarianism um, basically came out of an economic theory. And that theory was Austrian economic theory. Um, and this theory was put on paper by guys like Karl Menger and my favorite, um, Ludwig von Mises now I'm a Mises libertarian I belong to the Mises caucus um, so I'm highly influenced by Mises as well as like Rothbard Hayek um, who, who were um, his students right now Rothbard worked um, his work was more about matching the economic philosophies of Mises with the political philosophy um, to form like an actual party if that makes sense um, and we and we'll get more into, like more in depth in this history of these particular men at a later date. Um, and, and just for the record, right, all right, we we don't have Austrian economic free market system here. It's not even close. We don't have a socialist economy here either, guys. It doesn't do anybody any good to throw out these terms that are incorrect because they're incorrect. So we're we're um, we're, we're we're making a false boogeyman. I guess would be the way to put it. Um, we basically follow here in America a Keynesian economic philosophy. It's, it's what's taught almost exclusively at most in most of the universities. Now, um, today people will tell you John Maynard Keynes was a model liberal or a classical liberal even, which is what Ludwig von Mises was. He was a, a classical liberal. Um, he believed in classical liberalism. Um, but if you don't subscribe to this, rev- uh, this revisionist history that we all seem to be living in in the moment, um, he was actually a stout, a stout supporter of the Bolshevik Revolution. He called himself a Bolshevik, uh, Bolshevik, Tra- um, and tragically, Kane's, you know, Bolshevik comrades they killed over like 100,000 Russians in the months following, you know, their little takeover. Now, from 1919 to like 1923. Keynes devoted most of his energy to post-war financial problems, but he remained enthusiastic about the socialist experiment in Russia. He proclaimed on April 26, 1922, and I quote, an extraordinary experiment in socialism is in course of development. I think there are I think there may be solid foundations on which to build a bridge. Keynes himself held Vladimir Lenin in high regard. Um, on July 6th of that same year, 1922, he declared that Lenin's political control of affairs was of high intellectual competence, right? The, the histories of, of uh, revolution uh, contain nothing more remarkable or more coldly or splendidly glittering than the career of Lenin, okay? Now, certainly, no genuine liberal can agree with Keynes' endorsement of Lenin, right? As Robert Service writes, quote, Lenin relied on dictatorship and terror. Lenin's government killed over 4 million of its own people, making him the fifth bloodiest mega murderer of the 20th century. Right? So that's the philosophy we follow, that dude. Now, um, there is some more irony in that. While socialism and capitalism were kind of dueling it out in the early 1900s. There was this big war, this big debate. Um, Another ideologically rose up as this third option, this third alternative, this other alternative to these two fighting factions. And this was this little thing called fascism. Now, fascism too, just like socialism, liked the works of Keynes. In fact, the fascist Benito Mussolini, the pretty much the founder of it, had a high praise for the economic theories of John Maynard Keynes. Quote, Fascism entirely agrees with Mr. Maynard Keynes despite the latter's prominent position as a liberal. In fact, Mr. Keynes' excellent little book, The End of Laissez-Faire, might, so far as go, serve as a useful introduction to fascist economics. There's a scarcely a scarcely uh, anything to object to it and there is much to applaud. So that coming from the founder of fascism, right? Saying you can build your economic foundation on this dude's theories. And this is what we teach in our school. And this is what, this is the policies we're imple- where we're continuing to implement with these bailouts and shit, this high government spending. This isn't, this is, Ooh, it's getting bad guys. So it's, it's just more important than ever. And the 2020 Kung flu season to understand we don't have free economics today. It hasn't failed. In fact, it has stood up to the test of times. Its teachings and warnings come true over and over again. It has predicted every collapse. It continues to fight against the Keynesian Can- the Can- uh, monetary policy and the failed socialist policies and the twisted authoritarianism you get when it's mixed and controlled by the government. Now the problem is, every time something goes wrong, we want to blame the free market, which is the one system that isn't being implemented in today's society. Which is the most crazy part about this. It's the boogeyman. Let's can, let's let's blame the third thing that's not really there, so we can continue our bullshit policies, right? Because they all kind of do a line a lot, uh, a line a lot, a line a lot alike. Ooh, that was a hard tongue twister. A line, a lot, alike. Um. And if you think I'm lying, okay, about that we don't have a free market, then I want to know what your definition of free do you use to relate 200,000 pages of major regulations we have um, on the economy with the word free. And that's just the major regulations. They don't even publish the minor regulations. Now, for instance, an apple grower faces 5,000 different regulations just to produce and sell apples. That's free market to you, free being the key word in that, 5,000 regulations on growing an apple? I assure you it is not. It is more important than ever to stop this destructive and dangerous rhetoric. You're pushing society to a very dangerous point. Now, I won't say all, but most libertarians do subscribe to um, Austrian economic theory. Um, I would argue you can't even be a true libertarian if you do not. Um, so I, I guess we, but that's a different, that's a different argument. That's a different conversation even. Um, so I guess we'll kind of start, I want to kind of start, let's start with the basics there, right? Let's start with the basics of what Austrian economics is and kind of like what, what its history is, what, how it came about, right? Now, the story of the Austrian school begins in the 15th century um, when the followers of St. Thomas Aquinas, while writing and teaching at the University of uh, Salmanaca in Spain, They sought to um, explain the full range of human action and social organization. Now, these late scholastics, they observed the existence of economic law um, inexorable forces of cause and effect that operate very much as other natural laws do. Over the course of several generations, they kind of discovered and explained the laws of supply and demand, the cause of inflation, the operation of foreign exchange rates, and the subjective nature of economic value. All reasons um, why Joseph Shumfter celebrated them as the first real economists. The late scholastics were advocates of property rights and the freedom to contract and trade. They celebrated the contribution of business to society while dodgily opposing taxes, price controls, and regulations that inhibited enterprise. As moral theologians, they urged governments to obey ethical strictures against theft and murder. And they lived up to Levin von Mises' rule. The first job of an economist is to tell the government what they cannot do. Not what they can do, what they cannot do. The first general writings on economics, um, called Essays on the Nature of Commerce, was written in 1730 by Richard Cantillon, a man schooled in the scholastic tradition. Um, He was born in Ireland. He emigrated to France. He saw economics as um, an independent area of investigation and explained the formation of prices using the thought experiment. Um, he understood the market as an entrepreneurial process and held to an Austrian theory of money creation that it enters the economy in a step-by-step fashion, disrupting prices along the way. Uh, Cantillion was followed by Anne-Robert Jacques Turgot the pro-market French aristocrat and the finance minister under the Ancien regime. His economic writings were few, but they were profound. His paper entitled Value and Money, it spelled out the origins of money and the nature of economic choice, that it reflects the subjective rankings of an individual's preference. Um, got solved the famous diamond water paradox that baffled later classical um, Economist articulated the law of diminishing returns and criticized ulcery laws, um, a sticking point to to the late Scholastics. And actually, um, he favored uh, a classical liberal approach to the economic policy, recommending a repeal of all special privileges granted to government connected industries. And we'll talk about that uh, diamond-water paradox in another in another, uh, in another episode because it's it's, it's it's a good one. Um, now Turgot was the intellectual father of a long line of great French economists of the 18th and 19th century, um, most predomin- uh, predominantly um, Jean-Baptiste Say and um, Claude-Frederick um, Bast- Bastiat. Now, Say was the first economist to think deeply about economic method. He realized that economics is not about the am- amassing of data, but rather about the verbal um, alludication of universal facts, for example, wants are unlimited, but means are scarce, and their logical implement, uh, implications, you know, therefore. Now, Say discovered the productivity theory of resource pricing, the role of capital in a division of labor, and what's known as Say's law. Um, there can never be, which is, they can. there can never be sustained overproduction or underconsumption, on the free market, if prices are allowed to adjust properly. He was a defender of laissez-faire and the Industrial Revolution, as was Bastiat. As a free market journalist, Bastiat also argued that non-material services are subject to the same economic laws as material goods. In one of his many uh, economic um, allegories, Bastiat spelled out the broken window fallacy which was later popularized by henry hazlitt and that's another thing we'll discuss when we discuss that um that diamond water paradox we'll talk about the broken window fallacy um now despite the theoretical sophistication of this developing pre-austrian ter- tradition the british school was um of the late 18th and early 19th century it, it kind of won the day right mostly for the same reasons why shit wins in 2020, for political reasons. Um, this British tradition, which is based on the objective cost and labor productivity theory of value, um, ultimately led to the rise of Mark of the Marxist doctrine of capitalist exploitation. The dominant British tradition received its first serious challenge in many years when Carl Manger's Principle of Economics was published in 1871. Now, Manger... The founder of the Austrian school proper, resurrected the scholastic French approach to economics and put it on firmer ground. Now, together with contemporaneous writings of Leon Walrus and Stanley Genvins, um, Manger spelled out the subjective basis of economic value and fully explained for the first time the theory of marginal utility which is the greater the number of units of a good that an individual possesses, the less he will value any given unit, and that's really easy to, to understand because if you had just I'm just throwing a crazy a crazy idea if you uh example if you had like a thousand M&Ms, you wouldn't have no problem giving ten out to this dude, ten out to this this dude eating a couple, you wouldn't think nothing of it. It's like I got a thousand of them, but if you had just one M&M, all of a sudden that M&M becomes way more valuable to you, and you're not going to want to give it out right, and you're going to charge more for it. That's the idea. Um, so in, so in addition, Manger showed how money originates in the free market when the most marketable commodity is desired, not for consumption, no, 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 but for the use of trading for other goods. Manger's book was a pillar of the marginalist revolution uh, in the history of economic science. When Mises said it made an economist out of him, he was not only referring to Menger's theory on money and prices, but also his approach to the discipline itself. Like his predecessors in the tradition, Menger was a classical liberal and a methodological individualist, um, viewing ec- economics more as a science of individual choice. His investigations, which came out 12 years later, battled the German historical school, which rejected theory and saw economics as an accumulation of data. In service of the state kind of like we do today with these stupid models right the coronavirus model that's net that wasn't right these economic models that we try to use with data y- human action guys you can't you can't there's no data that can tell what this person actually wants what he's going to spend his money on you don't know the, the, there's no data for me we're trying to do it with like facebook and shit collecting all your data that's why data's that's why data's worth so much money because they're trying to plan this economy and you can't do it um as a, professor, as a professor of economics at the University of Vienna and then tutor to a young but ill-fated Crown Prince Rudolf of the House of Habsburg, Menger restored economics as a science of human action based on deductive logic and prepared the way for the later theorists to counter the influence of socialist thought. Indeed, um, his student Frederick von Weiser strongly influenced Frederick von Hayek's later writings. Manger's work remains an excellent introduction to the ec- economic way of thinking. Um, at some level, pretty much every Austrian sense ha- has seen himself as a kind of a student of Manger. Now Manger's admirer and follower at the University of Innsbruck, Eugene von Barwerk, he took Manger's exposition, reformulated it and applied it to a host of new problems involving value, price, capital, and interest. His History and critique of interest theories appearing in uh, 1884 is a sweeping account of fallacies in the history of thought and a firm defense of the idea that the interest rate is not an artificially construct but an inherent part of the market. It reflects the universal fact of what we call time preference, the tendency of people to prefer satisfaction of wants sooner rather than later, a theory later explained and defended by Frank Fetter. Now, Bowen... Bowen's positive theory of capital. It demonstrated that the normal rate of business profit is the interest rate. Capitalists save money, pay laborers, and wait until the final product is sold before they receive profit. In addition, he demonstrated that capital is not homogenous but an uh, intricate and diverse structure that has a time dimension. A growing economy is not just a consequence of the increased capital investment but also of longer and longer processes of production. Now, he engaged in a prolonged battle with the Marxists over the exploitation theory of capital and refuted the socialist doctrine of capital and wages long before the communists came to power in Russia. Bowen Barwerks um, also conducted a seminar that would later become a model for Mises' own Vienna seminar. He favored policies that deferred to the ever-present reality of economic law. He regarded interventionism as an attack on market, econo- uh, uh, market economic forces that cannot succeed in the long run. In the last years of um, Habsburg's monarchy, he three times served as finance minister, fighting for balanced budgets, saved mo- uh, sound money, and the gold standard, free trade, and the repeal of export subsidies and many other monopoly privileges. It was his research and writings that solidified the status of the Austrian school as a unified way of looking at economic problems and set the stage for the school to make huge inroads in the English-speaking world. But one area where um, he had not elaborated on um, the analysis of Manger's was money, the institutional intersection of the micro and the macro approach. A young Ludwig von Mises, economic advisor to the Austrian Chamber of Commerce, he took on this challenge. The result of Mises' research was the theory of money and credit, which was published in 1912. Now, he spelled out how the theory of marginal utility applies to money and laid out his um, regression theorem, showing that money not only originates in the market, but must always do so. Drawing on the British currency school, um, Newt Wicksell's theory of interest rates and Baumol's theory of the structure of production, Mises presented the board, um, the broad outline of the Austrian theory of what we call the business cycle. A year later, Mises was appointed to the faculty of the University of Vienna and Baum Bauer's seminar spent a full two, hour, uh, full two semesters debating Mises' book. Um, Mises' career was then interrupted by four years of World War I. He spent three of those years as an artillery officer and one as a staff officer in economic intelligence. At war's end, he published Nation, State, and Economy, which was in 1919, arguing on behalf of economic and cultural freedoms of minorities in the now-shattered empire and spelling out a theory of the of the economics of war. Meanwhile, Mises' monetary theory received attention in the U.S. through the works of Benjamin um, M. Anderson, Jr., who was an economist at Chase National Bank. Um, Mises' book was panned by um, John Maynard Keynes, who we talked about earlier, who then later admitted he could not read German, just, just to show you who that guy was. Um, in the political chaos after the war, the main uh, uh, theoretician of the now-socialist Austrian government was Marxist Otto Bauer. Knowing Bauer from um, the Baum-Bauer seminar, Mises explained economics to him night after night, eventually actually convincing him to back away from his Bolshevik-style policies. Now, this Austrian socialist never forgave Mises for doing this to him, and he then waged war against him in academic politics and and successfully prevented him from actually getting a paid professorship at the university. Undeterred, though, Mises turned to the problem of socialism himself, writing a blockbuster essay in 1921, which he turned into the book Socialism over the next two years. Socialism permits no private property or exchange in capital goods, and thus no way for resources to find their most highly valued use. Socialism, Mises predicted, will result in utter chaos and the end of civilization. Mises challenged the socialists to explain, in economic terms, precisely how their system would work. A task with the uh, socialists had, had, uh, up until this point, avoided completely. The debate between the Austrians and the socialists continued for the next decade and beyond. And until the collapse of the world socialism in 1989, academics had long thought that the debate was resolved in favor of socialists, actually. Think about that. They they thought the socialists had won until it fell in 1989. They're like, yeah, I guess maybe those policies, were, you know, after a, you know, a couple hundred million people died of starvation and just horrible fucking policy, I guess maybe it was eh. I guess we kind of fucked up that one maybe a little bit. Maybe we took the wrong side. Now, meanwhile, um, Mises' arguments on behalf of the free market, it attracted groups of converts from um, the socialist cause, including Hayek, um, William Ropke, and Lionel Robbins. Now, Mises began holding a private seminar in his office at the Chamber of Commerce Excuse me, that was also attended by uh, many other intellectuals from all over Europe. Also during the 1920s and 30s, Mises was battling on two other academic fronts. He delivered the decisive blow to the German historical school with a series of essays in defense of the deductive method in economics, which he would later call prexology or the logic of action. He also founded the Austrian Institute for Business Cycle Research and then put his student Hayek, um, the reformed socialist, in charge of it. Now during these years, Hayek and Mises authored many studies on the business cycle, warned of the danger of the credit expansion, and predicted the coming, currency cri- the coming currency crises. This work was cited by Nobel Prize Committee in 1974 when Hayek actually received the award for economics. Working in England and America, um, Hayek later became a prime opponent of, um, of uh, Keynesian economics with books on exchange rates, capital theory, monetary reform. His popular book, Road to Serfdom, helped revive the classical liberal movement in America after the New Deal in World War II. In his series, Law, Legislation, and Liberty, it elaborated on the late scholastic approach to law and applied it to criticize egalitarianism and nostrums of social justice. In the late um, 1930s, after suffering from the Worldwide Depression, Austria was threatened by a Nazi takeover. Haig had already left for London in 1931 at Mises' urging, and in 1934, Mises himself moved to Geneva um, to teach and write at the International Institute for Graduate Studies, later immigrating to the United States. Knowing Mises as the sworn enemy of National Socialism, the Nazis confiscated Mises' papers from his department and hid them for the duration of the war. Ironically, it was Mises' ideas... Filtered through the work of Ropke and uh, the statesmanship of Ludwig Erhard, that actually led to Germany's post-war economic reforms and rebuilt the country. Then, in 1992, Austrian activists discovered Mises's stolen Vienna papers in a reopened archive in Moscow. Think about that. They hated them, the Nazis. They hated them that much, bro. Like we can't let your we can't let your ideas of freedom get out. We, our, we, ran, we ran into his apartment, stole his papers, and then used his ideas to build the country up afterwards after it was completely destroyed, you know, just for for irony purposes. Um, while in Geneva, Mises wrote his masterwork, um, National Economy. <laughs> That's a real weird word. Um, and after coming to the United States, revised it and expanded it into human action. I, I recommend everyone read that. It's a really hard read, but it's a great book. Um, and that appeared in 1949. His student, Murray Rothbard. Now, I'm a, I'm a Rothbardian. I'm kind of an anarchist. Um, I, I follow the, the Rothbard um, libertarian movement, I guess, is what we would call it. The theory part of it. Um, Murray Rothbard called it, Mises great, this book, Mises' Greatest Achievement and one of the finest products of the human mind in our century. Um, It is economics made whole. The appearance of this work was the hinge of the whole history of the Austrian school, and it remains the economic um, writing that defines the school to this day. Even so, it was not well received in the uh, economics profession, which had already made a decisive turn towards Keynesian economics, which we talked about, and that's what's filtering our our great country today. Um, Though Mises never held the paid academic post he deserved, He um, gathered students around him at New York University, just as he had in Vienna. Even before uh, Mises emigrated, journalist um, Henry Hazlitt had become his most prominent champion, reviewing his books in the New York Times and Newsweek, and um, popularizing his ideas in such classics as Economics in One Lesson. Yet Hazlitt made his own contributions to the Austrian school. He wrote a line-by-line critique of Keynes' general theory, Defended the writings of Say and restored him to a central place in Austrian macroeconomic theory. Hazlitt followed Mises' example of um, intransient in adherence to principle, and as a result was pushed out of high-profile position in the journalistic world. Because that's what we do to people we don't agree with: we push them out. Because we're not we're not authoritarian or nothing. We, we 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 welcome all ideas, right? In America, right? We're open-minded, right? You guys are so open-minded, right? You just love everyone else's ideas, right? Um, Mises' New York seminar continued into two years um, before his death in 1973. Now, during those years, Rothbard was a student. Indeed, um, Rothbard's man, economy, and the state, which was in 1963, was partnered after human action. And in some areas, um, monopoly theory, utility and welfare, and the theory of the state um, tightened and strengthened strengthen Mises' own views in reality. Um, Rothbard's approach to the Austrian school followed directly in the line of the late um, scholastic thought by applying economic science within a framework work of a natural rights theory of property. Um, what resulted was a full-fledged defense of capitalistic and stateless social order based on property and freedom of association and contract. Rothbard followed his economic writings Um, with an investigation of the Great Depression, which applied Austrian business cycle theory to show that the stock market crash and economic downturn was attributable to prior bank credit expansion. Then in a series of studies on government policy, he established the theoretical framework for examining the effects of all types of intervention in the market. In his later years, Mises saw the beginnings of the revival of the Austrian school that dates from the appearance of um, man economy in the state and continues to this day. It was Rothbard who firmly established the Austrian school and classical liberal doctrine in the U.S., especially with the book Conceived in Liberty, which is his four-volume history of the colonial America and the secession from Britain. The reunion of natural rights theory in the Austrian school came in his phili- uh, philosophical work called The Ethics of Liberty, all while he was writing a series of sc- uh, sc- sc- uh, economic pieces gathered in a two-volume entitled Logic of Action, which was published in Edward uh, Elger's uh, Economist of the Century series. Now, these um, seminal works served as a crucial link between the Mises Hayek generation and the Austrians now working to expand the tradition. Um, With Rothbard's willingness to defy the intellectual trends of his time, Progress in the Austrian school tradition might have come to a halt. Um, as it was, his wide and deep um, scholarship, cheerful personality, encyclopedic knowledge, and his optimistic outlook inspired countless students to turn their attention to the cause of liberty. Though Austrians are now in a more pro- uh, prominent position than any point since the 1930s in reality, Rothbard, like Mises before him, was not well treated by academia. Although he held the chair in his later years at the University of Nevada, he never taught in a capacity that actually permitted him to direct dissertations. Nonetheless, though, he kind of managed to recruit a very large, active, and interdisciplinary following for the Austrian school. Um, the founding of the Mises Institute in 1982 with the aid of Margaret von Mises as well as Hayek and Hazlitt and also Lou Rockwell um, provided a range of, of new opportunities for both Rothbard and the Austrian school. Um, through a steady stream of acad- academic conferences, instructional seminars, books, monographs, newsletters, studies, and even films, um, Rothbard and the Institute carried the Austrian school forward into the post socialist age. Now you can go to Mises.org right now, M I S E S.org. They offer you free, all this stuff I just said seminars, books, monographs, newsletters, studies, all for free. You can go there right now. You can look up all these writers. You can look up all their works. You can get almost all of it for free. Not some of it they, they charge for, but almost all of it is exclusively free, plus the audiobook. book. So you can go to Amazon, and you'd pay $20 for it. They're giving it to you free. They're not trying to make money off you. They believe in this. They want, they want you to, to learn this. They want you to be part of this free and happy, voluntary society, um, and, they're, and they're willing to teach you for free. It's not a scam. And actually, the Mises Institute um, has an instructional summer school which has been held every year since 1984. You can go there right now and you can be, you can, um, you can go to Mises university and they will teach you um, Austrian economics basically for the most part. And you can go there for free. And if you don't get accepted in the school, cause you gotta get accepted. It's very limited, but they'll allow you to go there for free and just sit and take the class. So you can go there and learn the, the thing, but then you can't, you can't, um, you can't, Ask questions and whatnot during the the lectures and, and and all that good jazz. And then at the end, obviously, you don't get to um, be involved in the test. And they test you. And then they and then if you pass the test, you go through like this grueling um, question and answer part where they question you and you have to answer um, for for a long period of time before they give you a Mises University degree. Um, but you can go there for free and just watch and take these courses. And also, guys, in 2020 during the coronavirus. There's no better. There's no. There's no real excuse for not learning, or or uh, expanding your education, especially when when you can get whatever you want online for free. Education is, is free, guys. You don't need to go. To, you don't need to go spend fifty, sixty thousand dollars at a at a at a at a university. Twenty in twenty twenty, education is already free. There's no excuse why you can't learn a topic. Go online. You got the whole world in your palm of your hand all the literature to ever exist in the palm of your hand. You have no excuse why you can't learn. Um, so the the fast the fascinating history of this great body of thought through all its ebbs and flows is the story of how great minds can advance science and oppose evil with creativity and courage. Now the Austrian school enters a new millennium as the intellectual standard bearer for the free society. That it does so it is. Thanks to the heroic and brilliant minds that make up the family history of the school, and to those who are carrying that legacy forward with the Mises Institute, we appreciate you. All right, that's all, guys. That's all I got for you guys today. Um, I appreciate it. We'll try to be back probably in a couple days here because we're kicking out these episodes. Um, shoot me some guys. Shoot me some uh, social media messages if you want me to talk about something specific. You hear something I talk about in this that you want to you want me to elaborate more on? Let me know and I'll do it. I got no problem with that. This, this, is, what this, this is what this podcast is going to be about. Um, on that note, stay tuned for the, all the content coming. Tell your friends. Share the episodes. Speak the truth. Promote liberty. Buck the establishment. And don't kiss your mother. Catch you on the flip side. You have just witnessed the lyrical stylistics of chromatic discourse.
1: Your whole world is coming apart. I pity you. America is once again at ideological war. After decades of post-war consensus, the great debate between capitalism and socialism has captured the public square. And no two men have more fervently fought this battle than socialist philosopher Karl Marx and classical liberal economist Ludwig von Mises. Marx versus Mises, Mises versus Marx. The March of History continues. It's time for the ruling classes to tremble, I'm the people's hero The MVP, M-A-R-X, yeah you know me Let's go back to when men were free We hunted and gathered communally, but get ready Cause here comes the twist, a villain appears, called a capitalist He puts the proletariat, that's us awesome. in chains Exploits our labor, in pockets of gains Through slick ads he tricks lads and ladies and kinds Selling fake needs he poisons our hearts and minds He rots our soul through alienation Pursuing limitless accumulation He works us into an early grave Through debt steals back, the money we save Read is the gospel, profit? The rich get richer through graft and fraud The poor get poorer, but you don't care Doesn't that sound lazy, unfair? 200 years I've been singing this song Now my chorus is 99% strong The revolution's here, it's time to repent Your moment is over, your capital's spent This is his, Jesus You think he's right? Guessing All he wants is progression so we look for the truth
2: as we tighten our boots Who's right, who's wrong? Left, right, and left, now the march is on Time, Marks, nice to meet ya. My name's Ludwig, call me teacher, The master of markets, the Austrian boss. You don't like profits? Well, let's talk loss. The problem with your plan is nobody wins, except Stalin, Pol Pot, Ho Chi Minh, Lenin, Mugabe. Remember Berlin? They built a wall to keep their people in. Your theories have a rotten foundation built on control, not cooperation. Centralized power completely corrupts People suffer, violence erupts. Your system depends on the very same people you decry as greedy, bourgeois, and evil. If we're not fit to run our own lives, why would you expect our votes to be wise? If you really want to help people rise up, at least the free market live their lives up. It was capitalism, not a socialist plan. Sanked billions in India, China, Japan. Everyone has a unique purpose and plan. No one solution can serve the whole land. Each individual has their own voice. The heart of my theory is freedom and choice. This
1: is history's lesson. The market's a blessing. Let's pursue our expression. Living free from aggression. So we look for the truth. Who's wrong? Left, right,
0: left. Now the march is on. Free marketeers
1: love to play this game. Mao kills billions. Marx gets blamed. It's deceptive, dishonest, plain unfair. Did I drive the tanks at TNM Square? Man, I'm a humanist. You can check my receipts, but you gotta break eggs if you wanna eat. Don't like violence? Admit defeat. I'll call this revolution completely Till then let's get a few things straight i'm not shaping the future i'm embracing our fate my utopian forebears weren't that specific but this analysis is highly scientific every social system has governing laws capitalism doomed because the system generated its own fatal flaws by uniting workers in a common cause thanks to you we have all the wealth we need to seize and control and eradicate greed The people are rejecting your bourgeois lies Real Marxism has never been tried Equality is the core of my creed From this one's ability to that one's
2: need Our healthcare, finance, and industry Let's collectivize and set ourselves free Oh, that's not the real thing! The most common verse all your followers sing The closer we get to your ideal system Further we go down the road to surfer The empirical record can't be denied Your ideas don't work, but they just won't die! Attention! This is not breaking news, Jevons and Menger lit that fuse Now here comes the bomb via von Bonn pervert He blew up your system, exposed the court work The heart of your theory is exploitation of surplus value That's a bogus equation You can't explain value by measuring the cost of labor That theory of value is lost favor Value is subjective by every measure one man's trash is another man's treasure there's no exploitation if two people arrange voluntary exchange man that's not deranged that bourgeois transaction you diss where the scarf creates benefit for both so we're both better off here's the real problem the crucial equation without private markets there's no calculation to coordinate courses allocate resources incentivize choices because it lacks prices where should this factory go? Should I pick a How would your planet playing? ever know? Your theory is a bundle of confusion Socialism got crushed by the marginal revolution This is history's lesson All we want is progression Let's pursue our expression Living free from
1: oppression. Are you kidding me, Mises? My immiseration thesis tears you to pieces. Your economy grows, but not our wages. You call that progress? I think it's outrageous. In
2: 1820, everyone was poor, until capitalism kicked down the door. Real wage growth, not stagnation, saved 80% of the world from starvation. You kicked down the door, but
1: you locked us out. That's what your free market is all about. Here's what you do. On your next shopping spree, pick up this book by my boy Tommy P. The
2: pack can get bigger, it's not zero sum. Free markets have lifted the lowest incomes. If you really wanna help out the poorest nations, encourage peace, trade, and immigration. The earth is
1: boiling, and your solution is more production, more pollution, more cheap trinkets and bigger malls, more fossil fuels, more aerosol. For a problem this big, we need total control. A green New Deal to save the North Pole. We can't Gamble the future on anarchy?
2: Green's not a plan, it's insanity. Your story's bombastic, your rhetoric's strong. There's only one problem, your theory's wrong. The wealthiest countries do the most to conserve. Have a haven't you heard? Of the Kuznets curve. Only wealthy societies can afford to go green. If you want a better world, see the unseen. Even carbon will bend to creative destruction with entrepreneurship in the means of production. This is history's lesson. Yeah. The market's a blessing All we want is progression Living free from aggression So we look for the truth With the freedom to choose Who's right,
1: who's wrong? Left, right, left, now the march is on I've said it before, and I'll say it again The long march of history will come to an end Hegel was close, but to a priori Once we break down my dialectical story Proletariat, bourgeoisie, them versus us. You versus me, slave, master, lord, and serf. New class battles, same old turf. We have what we need to throw the chains off us. Organize the economy like the post off us. The state takes over, but that's not the whole plan. Watch it wither away and leave socialist man. Our goal is true fairness, outcomes that are equal. Capitalism over. Here's a socialist sequel. Revolution's coming. Prepare for the fight. Workers of
2: the world, you-you-you-unite. Nothing is determined. You're so fatalistic a grand theory of history be realistic you failed predictions a distraction here's some questions that guide human action where are we going what's the right course what will motivate us incentives or force here's what you miss from commanding heights Gifts and individual rights Across every continent, culture, and creed People have flourished Only when free to find passion, profit, charity, and love Through the shape of a hand, not a boot from above Socialist's record isn't hard to parse First it was tragedy, now it's a farce Let's unite people from every nation In peace, exchange, and cooperation